What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Self Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher, and we have such a phenomenal guest today. Treva Woods is an educator and community facilitator. She is a mixed race woman with indigenous ancestors, having nearly two decades of experience in bodywork, education, and community building. And she helps people access their power without culturally appropriating. And wow, this conversation blew my mind. Treva, was so much fun to talk to. And she covered everything from the difference between cultural appropriation, cultural appreciation, cultural exchange, and cultural denigration. We talked about the ways that people are deeply impacted by cultural appropriation, um, a lot of the different common ways that cultural appropriation is happening, a lot of times with people not even realizing they're doing it, and also alternatives to appropriating a culture um, that benefits everybody. And we also talked about what to do when you have realized that you have culturally appropriated, how to reconcile that, um, what to do when you notice somebody else is culturally appropriating, how to approach that conversation. And we also shared a lot of personal experiences about when we have culturally appropriated without realizing it. Um, she shared some really great practical tips for better navigating and discerning when you may be cultural appropriating and how to really kind of correct course and make sure you're doing your due diligence to um, cause less harm and reduce harm. And I just really appreciated this conversation so much. Um, she, she made me feel so comfortable uh, sharing about my experiences with this, you know, as a white woman, I realize I have made a lot of mistakes and I am constantly learning. And she really provided a very safe space to be open about that. And she truly gave permission to 
be imperfect and shared that she is still learning as well. And this is just such an important conversation. Thank you so much to our helpsters over at Patreon for voting for this topic. Um, and if you want to vote on future topics, you can head over to patreon.com slash self-helpless to do so. All right, here is Treva Woods. Treva, thank you so much for being here. I have so many questions for you. <laughs> bring it. I thank you for having me and bring your questions. Yes. I'm ready. Okay. Before we get into all that, do you have a favorite or least favorite quote? That's how we love to kick off the show. Well, this, I mean, I might be, I might be, I like to push boundaries a little. So okay. <laughs> um, this one is, it's more of a saying that's real. Everyone knows. Right. And it's a Latin saying, which I won't say the Latin because please, no one needs to hear that. <laughs> no, no one needs to sit here. Why I butcher the Latin. Um, but it's, it's basically first do no harm. Right. Like, you know, that whole, we hear that, like, do no harm all the time, yeah. especially um, it's a common principle in healthcare, which is great. You know, don't get me wrong. It's great. Right. Um, but I don't like it. Ooh, and a lot of why. <laughs> Because, because we're going to harm, we're humans. Yeah. And this whole idea of like perfectionism or being scared to say anything or ask anything or do anything because we're so worried about saying the wrong thing or we're so worried about the harm we're going to cause uh, when we can't even possibly know. So half the time, we don't even know if we're harming someone because they're in their own experiences and their own life and their own lens, right? And we didn't live that and we don't know it. And so it's impossible not to harm someone else. We're humans. It's going to happen. And so like, I love the inference. Like, I'm not for like, let's go harm people then. That's not, that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. <laughs> but I'm more for let's do less harm. And then let's, let's figure out like, what do we do when harm has happened? How do we metabolize that? How do we amend for it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And how can we move on from it as a, as a process? Because yes. that's essential. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And so true. And like, look, I, I am a white lady who has made a lot of mistakes and I have done harm without realizing it. And sometimes the most harm is when you are so oblivious to it. And then it's like, how do you reconcile that? How do you, do you apologize? Do you say something? Do you not say something? So, so many questions and I have so much to learn from you today. So can we start off with just some basic definitions? I have four definitions if you don't mind <laughs> explaining some. So what is, what is the difference between cultural appropriation, cultural denigration, cultural appreciation and cultural exchange. And we can mm. break them down one by one if you want, if that was a lot yeah. to throw at you. <laughs> it's okay. Well, and I'm not gonna do this in a linear way. So I'm gonna rock rock again a little world here. Okay. Um, and, but we're, let's cover that because it's super yeah. important. But basically cultural appropriation is taking from a culture that often it's a power dynamic. So it's like, you're taking from a, a marginalized people's culture, right? Like you're, you're in the up power position for whatever reason, whether or not you chose that or not, you're in an up power position and you're taking from another culture. You're like, I like to call it the shiny objects. You know, we're like yeah. taking the little shiny objects and we're incorporating those into our lives. We don't know the meanings. We don't know the rich history. We don't know how to respectfully do it. We don't, you know what I mean? And, and there yeah. wasn't done with respect. But may, even if 
even if you didn't mean harm, right? Like even right. if you didn't have any ill intentions, right? But <clears throat> so that's like cultural appropriation where we take, there's a power dynamic and we're taking um, without uh, a respect and, and, and an exchange, if you will. Um, and let's get into that. Um, I was looking these up too, to make sure I was super fresh on these. Um, cause no one's ever brought out all four. I've been like, ladies out for me. look at you. I like to get work. right into it on this podcast. <laughs> I, love I, love, I know, I know. I've listened to some, I was like, I, yes, yes. Um, so I was like, so excited to be here. Um, so, so that's why when I think of, um, appreciation, cultural appreciation, you, are appreciating you're approaching it with respect and there's some there's some uh, way that that it benefits the culture that it came from the original culture right there's some exchange there that is uh lifting them up in some way right and in it and so when you think of the world when i looked up cultural exchange it was like it was there was a word i even wrote it down equal sharing I have a story about this. Oh, okay. Shall we do it? Okay, that's yes. a story. Like I'll tell Let's a story. Do it. And okay, when I was younger, I I still read a lot, but I read lots of books. And I read this book that had two characters. One, there were two boys, like probably teenagerish, uh, set back in colonial times in America. Okay, and um, this this uh, one was a white settler boy, and one was an indigenous boy. Right, and and because of some family trauma and something that happened with his mom, the, the, the teenage boy was left at this new log cabin in this new land, right, that he wasn't from. And he had to fend for himself and keep things going until his dad could bring back his mom. Like, this is the story. And I'm sure none of the story was culturally accurate. And it was full of a bunch of, you know what, because it was like, I read this like in the 90s or in the 80s, right? But whatever, I'm just like, this is the premise, right? Yeah. And then, and then, and, the, and then, so then he's out like fishing or something, and he meets the the indigenous boy who was from there that was his land and he was from there and they had this exchange right like between the two of them they had a lot of mutual respect they um they helped each other like like um the the settler boy gave him some tools and some things that the indigenous boy didn't have and taught him how to use that and they just taught him all the names and how to have what plants he could use and like all this stuff and so when you would look at that you'd be like oh well that was a cultural exchange right um, but let's look at the systematic issue in the book the indigenous boy leaves with this family because they're getting pushed out of their land right. and the, the and the settlers are coming right and they're taking over this land and they're leaving their their because it's not safe for them and so in the broader context even though both of those boys didn't choose where they were in their life like they had no like they were just born to whatever it was it wasn't on the power dynamic wasn't the same right so I, I kind of shy away from this like cultural exchange in our current world especially yeah. in Turtle Island in America like there isn't a lot of places where things are actually on equal footing Oh, systematically wow. or you know what I mean but this term equal like where is things equal around here right <laughs> you know, you yeah, know what I mean point. like yeah you know what I mean? it's so yeah. like so I tend to stick with appreciation even okay. though they're very similar so you know in, okay. in, in terms of our the listeners here like it, don't get caught up in the semantics okay right like don't yeah. get caught up in the semantics yeah um and when you talk about 
well, let's hit the, the, the fourth one later because that one's a little okay. more touchy. Okay. And bring that one back up. Bring that okay. one back up. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's get in. Yes. Let's get into the difference between appropriation and appreciation, how we would okay. figure it out. Okay. Yes. Do you have, like, and this is personal. I have examples, but do yes. you have something that you're wondering about? So like many. How- Okay. Whatever you feel like this is this, like, I know we're on the air and this is a lot of people, but with me, there's, this is a shame-free space. Like I I (laughs) do cohorts of this stuff and I go through my house and find things I'm still culturally appropriating and do the due diligence with the people that I work with. So I'm doing the work with everyone else. We're all doing this work together. Yes. So if there's something you would like to work through with this inquiry method in your own life, I would love to, I would love to do it with you. Thank you for offering. I mean, I am one of those people that will Google for hours, like different accessories, words, things. And I'm like, I, I just don't know. So I just leave it. And it's kind of analysis paralysis for me. So some recent ones, I was thinking of wearing like a piece of turquoise turquoise jewelry on my wedding day. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm allowed to wear turquoise because I know that's very like a Native American cultural, you know, jewelry and all that stuff. And I'm like, but if I buy it from a Native American um, company or, you know, is that okay? Or is that not okay? Is so that's one thing. Am I allowed to wear turquoise? Am I, am I allowed to do that in certain ways or just stay away from it? But I feel like, is that harming them if I'm not paying them for their beautiful work? I mean, it, it's a spiral. Treva, it's I a spiral love this. I love this. Don't spiral. Don't I'm spiral. not wearing any turquoise on my wedding day and it's not happened yet. So maybe depending on what you say, I'm allowed to, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm going to, this is going to be really hard. Okay. okay. But there is no right answer. Oh boy. I know. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't you love just that black and white binary thinking right now? Like, yeah, isn't that no just way. the old fallback? We got to let it's that go, genius. right? But it was just cultural. so much easier, so much more harmful, but so much easier, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so I love this question. I love this thing. I love how much thought you've put into it. Because obviously you're really trying to act with respect and care, right? And I see that, I feel that. And so let's dig into it. Let's go through it. Okay, you have, you're thinking you would really love a piece of turquoise jewelry on your wedding day. That's something that you think would, would spark your joy. Am I, yeah? Okay. Love it, yes. Awesome. So with this piece, of, so the first question I always ask about an idea or an object um, and anything like that that I'm thinking about acquiring or, or thinking about or passing on is, is it spiritual or religious in nature? Oh, okay. Well, where we're going is not from your perspective, okay. but from the, uh, the culture's expect- perspective. Oh, knowing it now, is religious for them. Yeah. So now keeping in mind, turquoise is all like turquoise doesn't just come from here in America, like we're very American centric, right? But it it literally, there is places to get turquoise in different parts of the world. And so lots of different cultures have uh, used turquoise uh, for, um, you know, all decorative, you know, it's beautiful, like all that kind of stuff. And maybe some have some religious or spiritual significance. I don't, I do not know about all the cultures in the world. Um, but, um, it, it depends, I'm sure on what the, what the turquoise is put into, right? Like, so like, 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 for instance, for 
us, like as growing up in American culture, whether you're Christian or not, you're, if you were raised in this culture here, you're most often like have a lot of understand that culture and have a lot of those values though, if you weren't even raised in a church, right? So if you were, if you had stones in a necklace that had the crucifix or a cross on it, it would probably be considered religious or spiritual, right? But if it, but if it didn't, if it was just decorative with, you know, just some, you know, stuff around to hold it or something like, like, like if the, if the stone or rock, what is the difference? Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, (laughs) You're really taking me down a road here. (laughs) Um, That it's just purely decorative and and an appreciative, right? Like it's something that's, that feels good to me. It looks good to me. And and for whatever reason, this is what I'm drawn to. And so, um, so I think that actually is the, like what you buy, Right. So, so the reason I ask that is for me, that first question is a hard limit for me personally. If my lineage didn't practice that spirituality or religion, or if I don't, then, you know, and if I wasn't raised in it, then I've just decided I'm not going to have any of that around. And I respectively try to rehome and, and, and things that didn't, like I had some Buddhists in my house for whatever reason, and I'm not Buddhist. None of my ancestors are Buddhist. None of my current family or my life is Buddhist. And so yeah. I was just like, I, I rehome them to a Buddhist temple down the street where they will go to homes to people that actually practice. Right. And that just felt good for me. Now I have a friend that's, it doesn't have to be hard limit. I have a friend who's gotten several Buddhas from friends that are beloved to her. And so instead she's just had to figure out, she's done a little studying about how to respectfully display Buddhas and how to treat them. Hint, not in your bathroom or in your garden on the dirt. Okay. Right. Right. I had one in my bathroom on my tub. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. (laughs) Yes, I did. Okay. So, so, so yeah, I had pictures of it, you know, the Instagram picture, please. Yeah. Yeah. So those are no longer there. And I've, you know, I've, I now know better. I do better. Right. So, so it, so that doesn't have to be a hard limit for everybody here. Right. So when someone's thinking about it, that's just, you want to be very careful because as we know, religious and spiritual things really mean a lot to people, right? right? And they need to be treated with an extra level of care and respect. And that's what we would want, right? So that's what we need to offer in return. So, so, so far I'm envisioning this jewelry, not as religious or spiritual for uh, uh, an indigenous a uh, person here from Turtle Island, right? Like yeah. it's just mostly you're you're looking for a decorative, meaningful, like beautiful piece, right? Yeah. So then we go to the second question, okay, which is, does did your exchange benefit? You know, did you getting this benefit the original culture? Mm, so that could be finding a company that is Native American and spending money there, right? Like that's yes. that is beneficial. Yes. Okay. So, so here's, here's, it's a nuance, right? So um, I've been to like places like Taos Pueblo, right? And like you go in and in Taos and Arizona and you go in and often, cause the real estate is very expensive, you know, they are um, galleries and whatnot 
not by indigenous people. Those are not owned or ran, right? So they will purchase from an indigenous person, but then resell, right? So do you see like they make more money, they get to choose, they're like this middleman often. So I like to avoid that. I like to go straight to the artist that's creating the work. And now with social media and websites and, you know, that is so possible now. You can yes. buy directly from people and, 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 and give them the respect and, and frankly, the resources they deserve and need yes. to for their community, for them and their community, right? Yes. And so, yes, if you are going to purchase a beautifully made piece, as, I mean, as long as you're, pay, you're, you're paying a fair price, you're respectful in your exchange, and you do it, you should have that. Because here's, here's, the, here's the issue. Let's not be binary about this. Let's don't err on the side of never buying right. art from indigenous person here in North America. Yeah. That's not what anyone wants. Yeah. Right? That's not, you know, other indigenous people can't spend enough money to give them the resource. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's just not how it works. So can it be uncomfortable? Yeah, I have a story. (laughs) Yeah, can it be uncomfortable? Because, you know, but here's a couple tricks I'll give you. So um, when you buy the piece, know the story behind it. When someone says, ask, say the name of the artist, Mm. say what nation they're from, Mm. right? Like just know, yeah. This is, I got this piece from so-and-so from this nation. Isn't it lovely? Right? So then you're honoring the person who made it. You're acknowledging that you know about it. You didn't culturally appropriate that piece at all. It was given in free will and appreciation and in in a real exchange. Um, So we shouldn't shy, shy away from having things from other cultures in our house that we really appreciate. Um, it's just, you want to make sure that the culture benefited and that you kind of know about it. You did a little work into it. You didn't just take, right. you know what I mean? So I think that would be the difference there. Oh my gosh. That is so, it makes sense. So good. Yeah. I found a company and I was like, I think this is okay, but you just confirmed it because like, I, this is the real deal. Like if I buy this, it's going directly to them. So, okay. Yeah. That's so good to know. And when you were talking about Buddhas, I was like, oh my gosh, I have one in my meditation <laughs> corner. I'm going to have to revisit that. Um, because I, I thought about that. I'm like, wait a minute. I, cause I, I studied religion in college. I was a re- religious studies major. So I studied Buddhism, but I'm like, I'm not Buddhist. Um, but I do have a little statue uh, of Buddha in, in my corner. And I'm like, I, but where I got it, probably not great. So now I have to kind of dig into that later. <laughs> I could, I mean, I have a list of 150 things that I would love to ask, but maybe I would, if, if you do consultations, I would like to just hire you and have a private meeting of, okay, here's a million things that are in my home that I am unsure about or that I wear. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for that. That was very eye-opening. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. 
Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Um, okay, so why, I mean, you, you explained it already a bit, but really why is it so important that we stop appropriating cultures and really how does it affect the cultures that are being appropriated? Um, that is a great question. So the, <sighs> take a deep, just take a deep breath. Because these are hard topics. Like, can we just yeah. acknowledge that these are uncomfortable topics, yeah. especially when you are in an up power position, right? If you're in the, uh, for whatever way, privileged in the way of like being able to acquire these things or not have to think about these things, right? And it, and it, it does feel a little bit like landmines all around, right? And so, yeah. um, you know, I just like to be some, like, take a deep breath while we dig into this little bit of this nitty gritty harder stuff. Um, so the reason I think um, that appropriation is so harmful is that um, it leads to this idea that we can tokenize people, right? It leads to othering, at least all, it, maybe it's a product of all that, who knows, like heart and horse, I'm not sure, but it's where, you know, when, when you can just, when someone is forced, like it's different when you're forcing culture on people, right? And then you decide like you're forcing, like, and then we're talking about a system. We're not talking about individuals, right? We're talking about like systematic colonization, racism, like all that, like these systems of oppression that exist in our world. Um, we're all like we all swim in the water right all of it none of us will get get out of it um but when you when you're the culture that's getting pushed on or pushed out right and then people take like one little shiny object you know what I mean and and start like dream catchers for instance right mm -hmm. it's like and I won't go into like I'll can let someone from the nation that it actually comes from which is up north um you know up north in North America and in Canada but when you see dream catchers everywhere in people's cars right mm -hmm. and and there's a really, there's a context for dream catchers that are like how it's used and how it's performed and like who makes it, who it's given to and in what context it is, right? And to see it so like, like, I mean, how many layers is it? One, the eye roll layer of like, do you sleep in your car? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, Right. right right like just kind of ridiculous sorry but then also like it's just oh it's just so cute I don't even know like oh this is just so oh it's so spiritual or I don't know I don't know what that is but right. but it's and I don't don't get me wrong I felt that about other things in my life so I'm just as guilty of this as well yeah. and um and and so we have these like uh you know and, and then you think about how like um, unsustainably these things are made, what, what materials they're made with, what they stand for, like, and the fact that 
you know, indigenous people here in North America are like, especially on reserves and reservations and like the, the schooling, the forced schooling and boarding schools, like the things that have happened, the genocide literally. And then to see like this little token of like, so, you know, just like, it's like yeah. just more stolen things. Yeah. Like you can't have anything that's held with respect. You know what I mean? And, um, and it just, it, it's just like little cuts all the time. You know what I mean? And when we bypass, right? When there is something that's actually authentically made, we bypass bringing the resources and the respect back to the community when we go buy white sage from Amacrombie and Fitch or, you know, whatever yeah. store I can't think of right now. There's like, I can walk into almost any store now and see white sage package. And there's, that's a whole nother story, but, and to, and to be, and to, and to realize that up until 1970, Native Americans didn't have a freedom of religion. They weren't allowed to burn white sage. They weren't allowed to hold their powers. They weren't allowed to hold their ceremonies. They had to convert to Christianity and and they, and they subvertedly put some things in it, which is what often people do when they're colonized. Yeah. And, um, you know, so just like a, it's like a blow, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I can't, I, the words aren't coming because it's so, it's such a visual experience. It's really hard to say, but it's really like, a, you know, you're getting slapped almost like, you know. And so I think it's very it's hard. It's hard, but it's hard to know. Um, I think the bigger question is why we do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why do we need this shiny objects in our culture? And I'll just be, I can be American centric right now. Um, in, you know, we have a long history of, um, of whiteness, right? Like subscribing to whiteness and white supremacy in our, in our country. So, in order to get that, in order to get that privilege, right, we had to give up, like, all the immigrants that came over, all the settlers that came over, everybody who was forced here, whatever, had to give up the things that made them unique, right? So how you dressed when you came over, your language, which informs how we actually think about the world, um, your, and the last thing usually to go is food culture, Right. Oh. So, you know, the, the last thing you kind of hold on to is food culture, but then that also gets kind of absorbed and, and, and transmuted. And so when it's like the, I call it the void. Mm -hmm. It's like, of course, we're looking for things to find meaning because our own meaning has been stripped, right. In this like dominant culture, our own meaning has been stripped from us and we're looking for ways to fill the void, right? So. Yeah, and I, you totally hit it too. And I'm absolutely guilty of this, of just seeing something that looks cute. I mean, like, that's cute. I like it and I want it, <laughs> you know? And then not doing any kind of research into what is that? What does it mean? Where does it come from? How was it sourced? All of these things. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's just, it's so, <laughs> there's so much. And so how do you, how do you, pour your energy in the direction of 
truly making an impact in this space. Because I, I know that I've been there behind my computer researching things like every word on my website and everything I was about to say in an email and all these things to make sure I'm not fucking up more than I already have. And then I sit there asking, was this really the best use of my time for the cause at hand? Could I have been volunteering? Could I have been making money to donate? Could I have been doing something else? Or is this super important and everything is the highest importance? Where do we put our efforts, Treva? How do, how do we do it? <laughs> First we breathe. <laughs> we breathe, we breathe and we need to slow down. Yeah. I think that's really because because when you start learning about these things, and if you're someone who does want to do less harm, right, and does want to make better choices, and doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I'm, I'm assuming that's the majority of the people listening to this podcast, right? right. Like, and so we we have to slow down. So when I work with people, I usually work in a group setting because I find that building community is the way. Like that's Anyway, that's just how it, it, that's the essence of how it works. And so when we talk about, we only pick one thread when we're thinking about cultural appropriation and we do that at the end of our work together. Okay. So the first things we do is fill up our like fun toy box of like getting curious about our own lineages and heritage. And I don't mean just about your ancestors. Perhaps you grew up in a certain community. Maybe you were adopted and, you know, and you grew up in a, in a way that it, it doesn't have to just be blood, even though blood has its own thing. Um, getting curious about it and having all these different ways and, and we explore it together and filling ourselves up so we don't have this huge void so we keep wanting it. And then when we're looking at something, picking only one thing. So you're like, I have 20 things. I can't think about, <laughs> you know, you know, I was like, yes. Okay. Cause when we start learning about this stuff, it's like, a, it's that sense of urgency that we feel. Yes. Right. Definitely. Another trick, you know what I mean? <laughs> right? So it's really hard though. Like our whole culture is built around the sense of urgency and yeah, there are some urgent things, but at the same time, that's not how we're going to act the real change we're looking for. I, I personally want a world where everyone is, um, everyone can thrive and all things are sacred again. Right. Like that's the world that I'm looking for. That's not probably going to happen in my lifetime. I just, I'm okay with that. Like, I, I mean, I'm just being realistic, but I, you just keep doing work. You keep moving it forward. So it's not just all on me. It's not just all on you. It's not just all on the person listening right now. Right. But all of us need to do the work inside first, right? We need to look at our own ways. We're filling the void, the, our own ways, and then slowing down and doing one thing at a time when we're going to let something go. So you've, you've, you made one, like the, 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 yeah, yeah. And it sounds like you'd already put a ton of thought. So, you know, fairly soon you might be ready for another, right. right. But I would challenge you and challenge the listeners to, um, what could be meaningful? What's something that was meaningful that's connected to you? We come from rich, like most of my ancestors are settlers from Europe. Like, so we come from rich cultures and backgrounds and wisdom really we really do yeah. and um so you can you can reclaim some of that 
And I just, I, I just think that's the way the way, like, it can't just all be hypervigilance, yeah. right? It's like hypervigilance, super urgent, trying to do it all at once. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank you for that. I feel like, yeah, I'm just getting permission to slow down. And there is this like feeling of, especially having a, a platform like this, where I am, am in the public eye a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, there is this urgency. And I think there is this pressure of like, I have to make sure that I am as perfect as I can be. It's going to be imperfect, but I don't want to further any harm by saying something that I used to say or all these things. So getting the permission to just slow down and be imperfect and it, you know, we all make mistakes. And I think it's just about how you receive feedback and move forward from it. Um, And I love the fact that you focus on like helping people cultivate their own, their own like heritage and maybe, you know, symbolism and all that stuff. I think that's really cool. And I'm doing a lot of that on my wedding day too. A lot of, um, I'm very Irish. So a lot of Celtic things and, and Irish heirlooms from the family and stuff. And so, yeah, that it it is a nice feeling when you can connect like that. Um, so, okay. I have a question for you. Um, what, what can we do when we see somebody appropriating a culture, whether it's a friend, family member, stranger, or how do we approach that conversation effectively? I don't know. We all, it's going to take a lot of words, <laughs> a lot of nuance, a lot of nuance and a lot of words. So that's okay. Um, my advice again, slow down. Yeah. Okay. Don't be don't go raging in there and like trying to beat somebody over the head. Okay. Um, this is a really interesting one for me that I've like have changed a little bit on, like I've had, I've learned more and I've expanded my perspective. Um, it depends. And I know that's not, there's no right answer. And I know that that's hard, right? That's hard. Like everybody wants hard and fast rules, but let's just slow down and breathe and think about it. So if it's in your family, let's say in your family, you're close with, and you live near and you have a lot of influence, like that's in your sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. Um, then it would be a hundred percent like necessary. And I would say, especially if you're in a white body, right. To, to try to gently address that. And then, you know, just bring it up in degrees, like, um, sometimes making it about your own personal experience first. So again, you have to do the work first. Yeah. So mom's the word until you've done this work for a while, like until you've looked at your own life and have added some wonderful things in from your own, you know, your own sphere and maybe you've gotten rid of a few things and have a little practice at it, then, you know, then you can gently go in and I'm just talking about what's effective, you know, it's, it's someone's right to go in and be like, that's, that's screwed up. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And, and, and you know what I mean? And I'm not going to begrudge people that at all. Um, and at, at some point it comes down to that, to be fair, because some people I think are just don't want to give up their privilege that way or don't want to don't want to have the respect that's really what it is but it's just like well I've always been able to do this so why shouldn't I not be able to and this is all just too much to think about you know what I mean and but but you know if we're consuming things so fast that we don't have time to sit and consider some of these questions then 
is that really like, is that really the value we want to, you know, we want to live in. Right. And so again, do the work first and then you can use your example as a way or say, do you know about that? Or, do you know, and just be, maybe be more of an inquiry type. Cause I find that that's because there's all, there's no hard and right wrong answers. Like some examples obviously are more on the side where we can be like, yeah, that's real cringy, you know? Um, but there's, you don't know, right. Unless you know, like, you don't know, unless we ask and we ask where they got it from and, and what, what, what it means and, and what they're using it for and how they're, how they're doing it. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Um, this one's going to be a real, the, the next thing I'm going to say is going to be really interesting. So I hope everyone can feel their feet right now and just get a little bit grounded. Okay. Everyone just get, yeah. Everybody get a little grounded and I am a mixed race woman. Right. But I am fair. Like as I've gotten older, I've gotten more and more light. I'm more and more white passing. It's so funny. I could not pass for white when I was a child. So especially in the summer, like there's just no way. And so, um, so I just want to, in context, I want your listeners to know what, who's, who's speaking. Yeah. Um, I would not tell a black woman that she's culturally appropriated it is not my lane, right? Not my lane. Right. I am not going to insert myself into people who are more marginalized than me. And there are a lot of other bodies like that, uh, about this topic you know, even though this is the, some of the work I do in the world, right? Um, because it's just not my lane. It's not my lane. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't dare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot. Right? Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, like, that's just something, there's a ton of reasons for that, right? And I'm not saying cultural appropriation is right or wrong, regardless of who you are, but but there's a lot more nuance there. And there's a lot of history there. And there's a lot of trauma there. And it's just not our lane. Yeah. It's just not my lane, you know? And so that's something to think about too, is, you know, if, if you're the person that you're noticing or you're wondering is culturally appropriating something or an idea or anything, um, if they're in a more marginalized body than you, especially racialized, like especially in a, on a racial context, just not, just don't mind your business. Yeah. Mind your business. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just not for you. Like worry about yourself. So that, that was, I hope, was that helpful? That was really helpful. And I actually brought up an experience I had, and I would love your input because I was, I didn't know what to do. And so I was working very closely with a service provider who sent me like a little kind of toolkit package of, of something. And one of the words they were using for one of their methods, I had read in many articles, like you do not use that word. Um, it's safe. And I, maybe I should just say it. They were using the word powwow for mm -hmm. something that was like very trivial. Mm -hmm. And 
I had Googled it before because I had done all the <laughs> spiraling. And um, I was like, I just, I feel like I should say something. This is another white woman. I would want to know if I was alienating my clients or harming people without realizing it. And so I sent an email just saying, hey, I just want you to know, like, I'm a service provider in similar situation. And um, I, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes in my space and I have, you know, people have graciously let me know so I could, you know, change. And I just wanted to share with you these articles I found um, about this word that I saw on your packet. And, you know, that was kind of it. Um, and the response was very much like, I've, I, I knew what that word meant and that's why I used it because it's a great, powerful world kind of word kind of thing. And that was kind of the end, very kind of short, not really open to it. And then I, I was very much left with, do I find somebody else to work with or do I stay? And I don't know what to do because I, I feel like I've heard like, hey, when somebody's not willing to be open about that thing by continuing to, you know, either give them your money or, you know, work with them, that's harmful too. So Treva, what, what, do, what, what happens? <laughs> I mean, I feel that our world is fraught with these choices. And again, let's talk about the binary here. This yeah. perfectionism, right? Like this, like there's one right or wrong answer, you know what I mean? And that again is what we would need to get away from that. That's a part of systems of oppression that we don't want in our life anymore. Take, it takes our joy away. It takes the richness of life away and it harms people, right? And so if, um, you know, when I'm thinking about, um, you know, I, I use tons, we're using Zoom right now, right? Like when, when I'm using all these platforms and these providers and doing different things, um, I have my coach, Kelly Deals, she uses this matrix system and I'm not going to describe it very well, but she has this like matrix where you like fill in, like if you're, so you're looking for something like whatever this provider is, right? So you find a few other places that might fill a similar role and you fill out this matrix of like, who, how were they founded? What, you know, do they give money back somewhere? Just like in the basics of like functionality, like, will it meet your needs for the functionality you need? And um, do you know where they are in the community on social justice issues? Like this, this kind of thing, right? And, and it's very specific. It has lots of things. And no one company is going to hit all the marks, yes. right? No one company, unless it's like some dare I say unicorn out there is going to, because we live in the society we live in, it's almost impossible to make something that will hit all the marks. But what you get to do then is make an informed choice that's less harm. Again, this whole do no harm, we're going to do less harm. We're going to do harm reduction. We're going to, we're going to try not to harm, right? That's, that's fine, but we're, we're going to make educated and, and, and informed choices. So you can, whatever you're getting from that provider, you can list several that might be doing similar things and just look at that matrix and then make your choice. And maybe you'll stay with this one. And you did speak out and you might speak out again later, you know what I mean? Or you might even be more public of, well, this is pretty public, but you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, oops. And I agree with you, by the way. I actually have caught myself, not recently, but I was a teacher at a school and we'd be like, you want to have a quick power about this, you know, with another teacher, right? And that is not the correct context. And, and it's just something that we don't, it's just, you know, it's just one of those words that isn't really appropriate. And we just, it, it, let's just let it go, right? Let's just let it go. Unless you're talking about an actual powwow where people are dancing, indigenous people are running it, and this it's a, it's a ceremony, and there's all kinds of things going on with it. And usually, great fry bread vendors, just saying that <laughs> you want to go and eat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wonderful jewelry like all kinds of great stuff there go go to your powwows that are local go now um yeah. but yeah so we just need yeah like and in the indigenous community many people have said please don't that's just not that's just like it's it's belittling us it's like taking something that's powerful and make it and we're just you know we're taking it we're taking it right, right. and um and it seems small but it's like these little cuts right this right. little these little cuts that hurt. Right. And can you, can you expand on, cause I look, I have been in the room when I've heard this comment, I have made this comment probably as a young person that was way more ignorant. Um, as like, it's just a word. What do you say to that comment of it's, it's just a word. How could it be really that harmful in this grand sense? Can you explain why it's not just a word? Well, that's so funny because it's about perspective too, right? So I don't think anyone in America would be that neutral about the N word. And I think I won't say that word. Right. That's how charged that word is, right? And how inappropriate it would be as a person who's not black to say it, right? And so we understand very clearly the charge in that word, right? And some people choose to use it anyway, Right. It's not appropriate, appropriate for them and their bodies to use it, um, but they know what they're doing, right? They know, they know what they're doing yeah. and um, usually, and so it's a very charged word. And so, but that's because uh, our history of slavery and our history of segregation and the, you know, the oppression that's happened within our black community here in the States is so out in the open, right? And it's so like the civil rights movement and like seeing that stuff on camera, like that that stuff is so out in the open that we all know, like we've all know about that word and that and the charge of that word and the use of that word and how strong that word is. Yeah. And um, but it ha it's when you're dealing with a marginalized culture right? We just don't, in the dominant culture, give it the same weight, right? We don't give their respect, their words, their language, their usage the same weight. And so we're making them less, right? And so we don't honor their words and we don't honor their ass there. It's like the same thing. And I'm not saying as, as, as charge as using something stronger, but it is like those little cuts, you know what I mean? And so um, when someone says it's just a word, right. Then, then it's like saying, you know, I don't even know. It's like when someone says that it's like, yeah, but it's not just a word for a whole group of people that don't have, are in a down power position. Right. Right. That it's is not just a word. That, that 
analogy or that explanation makes so much sense that I know definitely gave me a lot of perspective hearing it that way. Um, so what can we do if we've ourselves have realized we have culturally appropriated, whether presently in the past, I, you know, I was very late to the game with a lot of anti-racism work. I will be the first one to admit it. And when I started, you know, reading and learning about it, I, a lot of memories came to me. And I thought about a memory when I was like 18, something I said to somebody, and I wanted to find that person and see if I could reach out to apologize. Couldn't find her. But like, should I have even been doing that? Because then I also hear they didn't ask for an apology or you need to ask before you apologize for something. So what are we, what are, what's the, and I was going to say proper protocol, but there is no right proper. <laughs> what do we do when we realize we have fucked up and we want to acknowledge that? Whew. That's a hard one. <laughs> Just a little tiny. Yeah. Question. And that's not like, I'm learning this still, right? Like, I mean, I think we are as a country, right? And as a culture and as this, this thing is like, we're learning like we need to learn how to make amends, yeah. right? We need to learn how to not only feel the uncomfortable feelings of whatever our actions have done or whatever, or any situation that we're in, build our capacity to do that. And then we have to be able to take that feedback, hold it in our bodies again, right? Um, you know, what I didn't do when we first got on that I always do, and I'm just realizing it is I didn't do, I always do a land acknowledgement, right. Yeah. And, um, out of respect, cause I'm not from this land that I'm on now. And I always do a land acknowledgement. And in that land acknowledgement, I acknowledge that I'm literally also, so I acknowledge, um, several different indigenous people that have lived here and I'm currently in communication with like it's it's amazing um and then I acknowledge that I am literally literally quite literally on the land where black bodies were stolen right and and labor was stolen and lives were stolen and not only from just being here but from some of my own ancestors now let's breathe yeah because that's pretty uncomfortable yeah yeah that's pretty uncomfortable right and being able to sit with that and sit with that discomfort is the work I think honestly and it's the work I continue to do I'm not an expert in that work um yeah um there's some books I can recommend for that work and whatnot and we we and I do the work in my own like program and that kind of stuff as well so in, in order to make amends, then we have to sit with the uncomfortable feeling. We have to acknowledge the truth. Truth will set us free, honestly. So, and that's a quote, don't remember who I'm quoting there, but <laughs> obviously it's not my quote. Um, and um, then being able to just sit with it. And yes, you know, sometimes it's appropriate to make those amends directly. And um, if you happen to run into that person ever again, you know, for whatever reason, maybe that will be appropriate for you to say, I like to apologize for something that I did a while ago. Are you open to that? Would that be comfortable enough for you? Are you in a space? You have the capacity yeah. for that. Um, because I'm realizing I probably caused harm and I, I did cause harm and I, you know, want to, 
Um, it does make some people very uncomfortable, especially if they're not doing this work about sitting in uncomfortable, sitting in those very uncomfortable feelings. Um, but I think for us as people, we have to just get better at sitting with the uncomfortable feeling, saying, I'm sorry, forgiving ourselves and moving on. Mm. Right. Yeah. Like, it's like, if you use someone's wrong pronoun, right. Yeah. Like the person that you misgendered doesn't want you to make a huge deal. They want you to acknowledge it, but they don't want to make it. They don't want to be the center of attention, having to make this big ordeal about being misgendered yet again. Right. They just want, they just, you know, like I do it still to this day. Like I'll say she, and it's a they. And so I'm like, sorry, they moving on. Do you know what I mean? And I just keep going. Like we don't, we acknowledge it because it's the truth and we, and we, and we move on. And if someone needs more, hopefully that they'll advocate for themselves that they need more, oh. you know, cause it depends on what happens, right? It's like some things really require a restorative justice process, which I am not an expert in, but, um, but there is, there are processes that are being developed and are being you know, have been here for time immemorial, but are being resurfaced and being reimagined for our current times, our emergent times. And those are um, worth exploring, especially for, you know, uh, lasting and, and, you know, lasting harm that's really been caused. So, yeah. Wow. I, I have learned so much <laughs> during this episode. I need to take your program. I need to enroll <laughs> Um, is there anything that we did? Oh, you know what? We didn't touch on, uh, was it cultural denigration that you said mm. to bring up again? Do you want to explain yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, we got this. Okay. I mean, how much more down can we go? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? One of the reasons I just have to say, one of the reasons I was so excited about being on this podcast was just the energy and the vibrancy and like the fun, because this stuff can get so heavy yes. and feel so serious. And it is like, don't get me wrong. Like this stuff needs to be, has a weight and a consideration and we have to use a lot of discernment, right? This, that's what you're really, that's all this is, is like talking about discernment, right? And developing our discernment skills, you know what I mean? And, 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 and feeling that somatically in our body. But um, so, and I can't even say this word right. To get say it again. It denigration. Denigration. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to my life. Okay. So <laughs> welcome to a perimenopause woman. Um, <laughs> like remember names or anything. Um, so I have this. So the definition is like acquiring somebody's culture, a part of a culture for the explicit use of, of like mocking them or harming them or making fun of so so the, the example it obviously gives is like blackface right because if you think about traditional blackface in movies and in, in cinema or whatever it was like you know they were mocking and making fun of black culture and black people by pretending to be black using this like blackface makeup and stuff and that's we not cool hard pass right like hard pass um and so that's in, in the sense of like, when you're culturally appropriating, like I'm going to, um, you know, uh, oh, 
well, I'm not going to get into that. Um, I was thinking about yoga. Well, let's just leave that one alone because that's a whole that's a whole chapter, um, <laughs> which I'm not the expert in. There's other people, um, but like thinking about uh, burning white sage, for instance, right? And and burning the white sage is particularly from a certain region in Southern California, the sacred white sage. And I'm using quotation marks in my things because it's a very like the 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 people from that land used it, and it's become a little bit of a pan-indigenous thing in North America. But now it's been like the greater um, population dominant culture has basically appropriated it. Um, but we all come like most of our I don't know of a culture that didn't use smoke medicine. Right. Like all of us come like your Irish and Celtic ancestors um, use smoke medicine all the time. Right. And there's a way for those, those plants have been in your lineage forever. And I bet you have some growing around your house because they follow people around and, <laughs> and you can make your own smoke sticks, right. Yeah. And bur or burn your own things from your own lineage and get it probably I will say it, it will be more powerful for you than, than burning something that's, yeah. that's short in supply and being used in a way that's not sacred and being appropriated. Right. Yeah. But you, if you were to burn white sage, you wouldn't be actively trying to mock or harm indigenous people, right? Like that's not, that wouldn't be your intent, right? You, if you were just like, this is something I think I should try, Ooh, how cool. Um, but this is different. This is for harming. And I'm going to give you a story and maybe it's not the exact definition, but it's, it's, it's one that um, I think will hit home. When I was at first in college, um, I ended up going to the University of Iowa in Iowa City. So I was born and raised in Iowa. Okay. And um, and we were playing some football team that had an Indian mascot, like like yeah. a Native American, you know, whatever. And um, and this was in the '90s. I will age myself much here. Um, <clears throat> the late '90s. And um, and so one of the, there was, you know, the Greek row, right? There's like, the, you know, all the big Greek houses on the college campus. And they had taken a mannequin and dressed it up as an indigenous person, like this mascot, um, and had hung it, <gasps> right? Because, because they were fighting the team, right? So this is like, we're gonna, but you, yeah. You, yeah, you can see like, yeah, yeah, this is like, whatever. Like, this is just like par for the course. And, and so because this team had a mascot, which is completely dehumanizing, right? Like, let's just yeah. be clear. Um, I don't know what it is about America and their sports like teams and like the religion of sports in our country. But yeah. when you have this mascot, like just get a different mascot, like get, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's not okay. And this is one of the reasons is they took and they dressed something up as an actual person, right? Yeah. And then proceeded to mock kill it because oh, of a sporting yeah. event. And that's very harmful, right? And then there's so many levels to the mascot thing, but it just, you know, imagine being me walking down the street and seeing yeah. a, na a Native American, you know, mannequin or whatever, you know, hanging because we're gonna right. beat them at football or whatever <laughs> so it's like taking on now this wasn't maybe it's not the exact definition but it's in the same light if you will in your experience what are the most common things that you've seen that 
the most kind of common cultural appropriation stuff that's out there, phrases, outfits, whatever, anything that you want. Yeah. I cover several of them in my course. There's always, you know, we're always adding to the list, but uh, a few of them we talked about here. So burning white sage um, and a few other, uh, there, I think there's San Paulo, which is in danger now. You know, anytime the dominant culture like takes a little shiny object and I'm using quotation marks, right? Like something of significance to a local people that's important to them out of a local environment and tries to mass produce it and, 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 and appropriate it. Um, this almost always happens where it, like we literally run out of the supply so that the people living there actually don't even get to use it anymore, right? Like, so it's this, it's, yeah. just, it's, just, it's a real harmful. Um, so we've talked about that and um, but let's get into the Buddha thing just a little more, yeah, right? So yeah. here's another one. Um, this is one I didn't know um, that I've learned recently is that uh, Buddha heads. So if you, a lot of people have like Buddha heads, like not attached to a body, but just like the heads. So um, the history behind that and the reason it's so like it's like violence against Buddhist uh, people who practice Buddhism is um is that and I don't I'm going to get my facts mixed up I'm a history major but I can never remember names and dates okay so bear with me uh we have the internet now we could check all these things um but but uh when uh you know in I don't know what country or what region it was but it was a it was a people practicing they were in Asia and they were practicing Buddhism a long time ago, right? And that was their that was their religion and their spirituality. And an opposing, you know, conquering people come in, and the way they showed their authority over the local people and their religion is they went and they cut off all the heads of all the Buddhist statues. So when you go to places that have like old like monasteries, so and you see the you see the heads like on the ground and stuff that's because they were they were cut down often and that was one of the ways they were able because that was like the weakest place like that was one of the ways they showed their power over it and 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 that was violence against them and their own spiritual belief so now i want you to imagine that i'm going to yoga down when i first moved here just a few blocks down from where i'm living right now um, I'm in North Carolina, for those of you who, who are curious to know. And um, I walk in and it's like kind of lo- like it's on a hill. So like we go in the studio and there's like, you're kind of like in the embankment, if you will. And so the windows are like, it's like just, it's like there's a deck built over the two windows in this like studio. And they have like ivy growings. It's the only thing that's going to grow under there. And they had a Buddha head stuck in the ground with a spotlight on it. So, and let me tell you, I thought it was just so zen or whatever. You know, I was so relaxing. How cool is that? And I would sit there in my little meditative pose. Like, let's not even get into all the layers that we've got going on of cultural appropriation right now. And just like utter not knowing, right? Yeah. And, and, um, so later I'm learning how incredibly offensive it is and also how offensive it is to get your Buddha dirt, like Buddha's dirty, like they, they need to be in clean, pristine environments. Yeah. So putting them in the dirt or by your toilet or your bathtub is not appropriate. And so not only was this a decapitated Buddha head, but it was in the dirt, you know what I mean? And it was, but it was supposed to like give this, like for some reason, all of us were 
you know, partaking in this dominant culture here. And it was just a serene, you know, calming thing. But if an actual Buddhist would walk in, could you imagine how they would feel? Do you think they would feel calm and at all respected? No. Were we doing that on purpose? Did the owners of the yoga studio do that on purpose? No, but it still doesn't mean that harm didn't happen. Right. And, um, and it's very hard. Like when you write these studios, I mean, there's a place in, in London, there was a whole article about it. I have like, where they had like these Buddha heads, decapitated Buddha heads with pink splotches on them, like an art. And so you would walk into their, you know, you'd walk into their like spa, their yoga studio with this like gallery of Buddha heads, this art, you know what I mean? And sure, if you, but once you know, and you, they're religious relics, yeah. Like it's, it's on us if we want to have these things around to do a little bit of the work to know. Right. 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 So that's, that's, a, that's an example that is new, was new to me of, of a few years ago. I had no idea. And I, I, I studied Buddhism in college and never, never heard it, but I also learned a lot about Buddhism from white people. <laughs> like I'll be honest, you know, that's where my, a lot of my professors. So Wow. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to, you know, educate me and, and our listeners. And like, this was so great. And is there anything that we did not cover that you feel very strongly about, you know, mentioning or any kind of words that you want to leave people with, um, anything like that? Well, two things. One, you asked so many questions. No, I can't think of anything (laughs) that this is great. And it was awesome. Like I could tell you put so much thought into this and I just absolutely love it. Um, and the thing I would love to leave everybody with is to remember, to breathe, to slow down. This is, this is literally multi-generational work. All right. So we're heading through space, right. And we have a destination in mind where everyone can thrive, all things are sacred, right? We have this destination and it's, and we want to just keep the ship heading that direction, knowing that we're probably, we won't get to live to see it go there, right? Like we're going to work in that space. That's like, like, there's a little grief there, but there's also this, I feel like it's a little bit of a liberation of like, I don't have to land the ship. I just have to keep and help keep us on the right course, right? And keep things moving in the right course. This, this stuff we're living with has taken generations upon generations to be in place, right? We're not going to be able to dismantle it and build something new in in this short time, right? That's okay. But that doesn't mean we don't need to keep doing the work. I think there's some truth to that, but I also think that there's a lot of systems in place and it's really hard to unpack. Like, it's so hard to think about like individual actions and then the systems we live in. Right. And um, we need to be able to toggle from both of those places. Right. But ultimately all we're responsible for, all we can be responsible for is ourselves. Like ultimately, and anybody who's ever had children would know that. 
like we're not like you think you're in control and that's the biggest joke let me just tell you <laughs> that's the biggest joke ever um certainly not in control of all the teenagers in my house um do we have respect and boundaries and whatnot yes we have that going on but um am i i cannot control what these kids think and do a majority of the time nor do i want to but um that's a whole nother podcast um <laughs> but i just think like we need to like face this work in ourselves, but the caveat I will give you is don't try to do it alone. So like, this isn't something you can just read a book and be like, got it, check off my, let me check that off. Okay, I'm awesome. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you're awesome, but no, you can't just check it off. <laughs> this is like lifelong work and analysis and like feeling and just, you know, yeah. doing the next right step. Yeah. Love it. Where can people find you, Treva? All that good stuff, your work. I need to join your program if you want to share about that too. That's great. Well, I have a new one coming in August. So oh, there's perfect. a little wait list on my website. My, 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 my website, maybe I didn't name it well. Um, I love the name, but it's mini as in lots, minitreeslifeway.com. And um, stuff about me is on there. I'm on Instagram under my name, which you can't spell. So just go to the website. Um, and I'm sure the links will be all in the show notes. So you can find me there. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time today. This was incredible. Really appreciate it. Was it was a delight. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. What an episode. Thank you so much again to Treva Woods for dropping all of that knowledge today. And I really love how she gave us all permission to relax and slow down and to look into one thing at a time and that we don't have to do things with this sense of urgency and tackle everything at once. And I really especially loved the practical applications she gave um, for when you are trying to discern if you might be appropriating a culture by asking yourself first, is this a religious symbol to a culture? And number two, is you acquiring this thing, this item directly benefiting that culture? Those are incredible takeaways. I got so much from this episode and I hope you did too. All right, we do have an iTunes review of the episode. This is from Elizabeth Oliver. It says, new listener, love it. I am binging older episodes and love the book reviews. The girls are relatable and real. Keep it up. Elizabeth, thank you so much. So glad that you found us. Thank you for taking the time to leave that review. If you would also like to leave a review, you can head over to your Apple podcast app, iTunes, pop it in there, and it might get read on the next episode. All right, everybody, thank you so much for being here, and we will catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. Yeah.